Hi, this is Terrell Somerville, the lead pastor of Freedom Church. Welcome to our podcast. We hope you enjoy the message today and that you'd also take time to get plugged in to your local church. We believe you can't do life alone, so we learn to do life together. I also want to thank our givers who make this podcast possible. If you are blessed by this ministry, please consider subscribing, giving, and sharing this with your friends and family. God bless you. Happy New Year! It's good to see you guys. So glad you are here. I haven't seen you guys since last year. Is that cool or what? Hey, so glad you're here today. And I'm excited about uh, today. I hope that you are. Uh, because uh, we're here. We're able to get out of bed. You're able to come here in person. So look at the person next to you and say, I'm glad you're here. All right. So those of you that's in person, but how about those that are online? They watch, you know, we're really cool. People watch from all over the world. Isn't that cool? How about we give them some love and encourage them if they're glad that they can be a part of what we're doing? So with that being said, we are vacating this past year. How many of you are glad of that? Say amen. So with that being said, uh, you think about coming into a new year. And what I like about a new year is, is that we have this sense of anticipation. You agree with me? You think this year is going to be better than last year. I'm excited about this, or I'm excited about that. And, and I'm thinking about my business, or I'm thinking about my career, or I'm thinking about that brand new significant other one that I've started dating, or whatever it is. It always has a sense of anticipation, and that's what's really cool. Now, a lot of people, what they do, and we've known they've done this for years, is people want to make resolutions. And when you think about a resolution, you know, really, what is it and how does it happen? I want to ask this question. How many of you here made a resolution for this year? Anybody at all? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay. About the same as last service, about one or two. (laughs) Now, why is that? Because a lot of times when you think about making a resolution, here's something that I had a thought this week and I thought of and I wrote it down. Making a resolution without execution has no solution. You say, what do you mean? Well, what is a resolution? A resolution is when you make a firm decision to do something or to not do something. When it comes to execution, that's when you're going to carry out a plan or a course of action. So if you plan on doing something or not doing something and you don't carry it out, you don't take the course of action, of course, when it comes to the solution, that means that you haven't solved the problem. Are you with me? Is that right? Say yes. So with, with saying that, Coming into this new year and all the craziness of the past year, you know, God gave me uh, this series to be able to do. It's called Body, Mind, and Soul. It makes up your entire being. We're talking about the physical, we're talking about the mental, and we're talking about the spiritual of who you are as a full being. So with that being said, uh, this this verse right here kind of sums it up, and I love what What Paul said to the church at Thessalonica in 5 and 23 in his first letter, he said, May the God of peace make you holy through and through. See, the reason a lot of people don't live in peace because you're not living in the peaceful relationship despite your exterior circumstances with the God of peace. So when you don't allow him to make you holy through and through, you live with a lot of anxiousness. You live with a lot of stress. You live with a lot of things that goes on in your life that causes you to be a person to where that you're just fidgety all the time. You're just worrying all the time. You're fearful all the time. Or you get angry all the time. It's very sad. 
So I want you to understand that the God of peace, when you have a relationship with him, that you're born again, that he wants to make you holy through and through. And you know what I believe about you and those of you that's watching online today? You came to the house of God today, so I hope and pray that you're wanting to be holy. How many of you want to be holy like God? Raise your hand. Yeah, that's me. I want to be holy like God. That's why that I'm here. I want him to do in me what I can't do within myself. This verse goes on to say, may you be kept in soul and mind and body in spotless integrity, spotless integrity until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you think about the, the physical, you think about the mental, you think about the spiritual being as a whole. Paul is saying here that God wants to be involved in every single aspect of our lives and it would be wrong of us to think otherwise. I even love the fact that the prophet Jeremiah in the Old Testament said this in chapter 10, verses 23 and 24. He says, I know, Lord, that our lives are not our own. He's letting you live. He's letting you breathe. He's giving you a heartbeat one after another. Therefore, we are not our own, Jeremiah's saying. And he says, we are not able to plan our own course. So correct me, Lord, but... Please be gentle, <laughs> he's saying. See, God's ability to direct our very lives is far superior than for you and I to have the ability to direct our lives. And God is willing to give us his wisdom. He is willing to give us his power. But we've got to be willing in that relationship to say, I don't really care what's going on across the world as much as I need to understand what's going on in my world so I can affect the world in a great way, in a positive way. Does that make sense? If you're not being who you are in God, then God can't really use you to the full impact of why he created you. So today, I want to start off and talk about the body because when you think of the, the body, if your physical health is not where it needs to be, it affects your entire being. It affects your, your soul and your mind and, and the way you think and the way you process it to entire of who you are. Now, let me ask this question. The reason I'm starting off on the body, how many of you here on the sound of my voice, you gained weight during the holidays? Just go ahead and fess up and say, yes, I did. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people gained weight during the holidays. And when we get to the new year, we're thinking about all this stuff that we have put into our bodies. And, and maybe some of you made a resolution to, to lose weight. You didn't want to raise your hand or maybe you did or you didn't. But I thought about going on an all almond diet. Then I just thought to myself, man, I'd just be nuts, wouldn't it? <laughs> That's a good dad joke. I don't care what nobody says. That's the best one ever. <laughs> anyway, did you know that when it comes to people, I mean, how many of you are like me? I've got some pounds I need to shed. Would you raise your hand to that one? I got some pounds I need to shed. Did you know in America, 45 million people go on a diet each year. How many of them stick with it? You ever thought about that? 4%, 4 percent, four out of a hundred, they, they go off of it the first week. Basically, three out of four go off of it in the first month, and then half are done with, with that weight loss idea by March. And so, let me ask you this. How many of you agree with me that if you feel physically, your physical body just affects everything about you? How many of you agree with me on that? It really does. It affects how you feel in your life. And the average American right now ingests about 2,000 pounds of food a year. Do you know we swallow about 142 pounds on average of sweetener 
each year, the good old sugar. We ingest about 63 pounds of beef, about 47 pounds of pork, and about 75 pounds of poultry, 600 plus pounds of dairy products, 29 pounds of french fries, 23 pounds of pizza, 24 pounds of ice cream. Ice cream, butter pecan, there's no other kind. How many butter pecan freak like me? I, I just have to walk past it, man. No, I'm just kidding, there's a lot of great things. But when you think about all this stuff that we're taking in our bodies, one in four in America eats fast food daily. Did you know that the average American family now is eating out five times a week? So when you think about your body and how you feel and what you're taking in, the whole being, what would motivate you to want to do better? Would it have to be somebody to pay you or would it be they revived the biggest loser and you wanted to get on the show and they asked you to or would it be that that relationship or what would it be? What would motivate you to want to do something better with the body that you've got? What would motivate you to do all you could do to be healthy? What would you not give up? Would it be chocolate? Would it be colas? How about Mexican food? How many of you like some Mexican in here? Can I get a witness in there? All right, you know what I'm saying? That's some good stuff. I wish I'd have thought that idea up about 25 years ago. I'd have all kinds of money to work in the kingdom of God. Look at all the Mexican restaurants everywhere. But anyway, does God really care? And this is where I want to go spiritually with it. Does God really care about what we eat and drink? What does the Bible even say about it? I, I say this much for a lot of you. You may be surprised what it says about it. But does God care really about what we put in these holes in our faces? All right, let's take a look at 1 Corinthians here. The first letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church applicable to us today. He says this in chapter 6 beginning with verse 19. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? See, the moment you give your heart to Christ, God lives in you through the Holy Spirit. Now, who controls your body? You do, but it's his. You say, well, why, why do you say it's his? Look at the next six words. You do not belong to yourself. You do not belong to yourself. Now, what, what does Paul mean here when he says you don't belong to yourself? Because it says in verse 20, for God bought you with a high price. When he says he bought you with a high price, the high price means that Jesus Christ bought you. Jesus Christ bought me. The wages of sin is death. And the only sinless one that could die for our sins was Jesus Christ. When he came down the stairway of heaven, he put on skin. He was tempted like we were tempted, yet he never sinned. And he became sin for us and said, this is how much I love you. God's best, heaven's best, all of eternity's best was in Jesus giving his life for you and for me. Then it says, what do we do with that? How do I respond to that? How do you respond to that? So you must honor God with your, say that word out loud, your body. Another Bible version says you're to glorify God with your body. See, our bodies are to be used to honor God, to glorify God. So that gives us the responsibility of taking care of it. But a lot of times people say, well, I, you, we can agree to disagree, Pastor, but I'm free to do whatever I want with my body. Yes, doing what you want to with your body isn't freedom. It's being enslaved to your own desires. 
In other words, when I say that and what I'm talking about is being slaves to destruction, that's not what Jesus wants us to do. Jesus doesn't want us to destroy that which he wants to use, your vessel, my vessel, your body, my body, to be able to honor him, to be able to glorify him. See, you and I have this body that he has given us. He gives us certain talents. He gives us certain gifts. He gives us certain abilities that we engage in that can bring him honor and glory. And God has given you a body to make a difference. So my job and your job is to make a difference difference in the kingdom world that he has us in right now. But what does it really mean to honor God? What does it really mean to glorify God? What does it really mean that my body from God is for God? What does that look like? That's what I want to talk about. First and foremost, you need to be thanking God for your body. You say, well, that's not your body. I've been wanting to send it back for a long time. No, 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 no. you got to get rid of those unhealthy thoughts in your heart and in your mind. A lot of people, they just all the time thinking about rejecting the body that have. Send it back, God, you goofed. You made a mistake. No, no, no. But then other people, instead of rejecting their body, they get all bent out of shape on perfecting their body. Man, it's all about being able to look so much like a model. It's all the time looking like a person that wants to be able to look like a bodybuilder, person that's worshiping and they're idolizing their body. That's not it either. But also, it's not about neglecting your body. You don't neglect it. You don't ignore your health. You don't have a, a mindset to where that, you know, my, my body's just going to take care of itself. No, 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 no. That's not what you do. You cannot be careless about your physical condition. You'll end up being tired. You end up being draggy. You end up having a bad attitude. How many of you like me when you feel bad, it gives you a bad attitude? It does. It really does. When you feel really bad, I know what it is for me. So what kind of attitude do we need to have? Psalmist spelled it out clearly. David did in Psalm 139, verse 14. He said, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. So what David is saying here, you know what? I need to be thankful, God, because you made me very complex. You made me a unique being. You made me in your image, God. I want to thank you for that. When's the last time you really did thank God for making you in his image? My body is for God. Your body is for God. Something else that when you think about your body that's from God and for him, the discipline of change it has lasting gain. See, a lot of times we jump in on this thing, well, I'm just going to get very healthy and, and I'm going to do all this stuff. And next thing you know, in about a month, you forgot about it. I'm, not, I'm talking about a lifestyle of discipline here. You say, what do you mean by that? Look what Proverbs 1 and 7 says. Fear of the Lord is, a found, is the foundation of true knowledge. But fools despise, listen to this, fools despise wisdom and discipline. And some of you might be thinking, you know what? I come to church because I've got some issues and all this kind of stuff. Why are we spending time on this? Because your physical health and mine is a very important factor of your life and your well-being. And when you feel bad, it affects everything you do. So we, as God's people, and what God expects of us is to be able to learn self-discipline in order to try our very best. Didn't mean to be perfect, but try our very best to maintain good health. Do you know that 42% of adults are overweight? Now I know that figures are, are subjective, but here's something I, I found out this week that really was alarming. For all of us. In the last 20 years, obesity's went up 12%. Now, why is that? Because we run wide open. 
We don't stay at home. We don't come home like the cleavers did on Beaver, <laughs> little Beaver, and we have breakfast around the table in the morning, or we have dinner around the table. We're running wide open. We're going here and there. Jobs are pulling us this way. Sports is pulling the kids that way. We're running wide open. We're trying to run through. We're trying to do everything we can do to be able to make all the different things we have to make in our calendar. Therefore, we're running wide open and eating at all the fast food joints. We're not thinking about our lives as far as quality, we get bent and pent up on the quantity trying to make it all happen. So when people end up running wide open with their career or with some kind of relationship or with sports and careers and, and all those things, hobbies, all those things, if you end up getting sick, what do we do? We go to the doctor and we end up getting on medicines that are very expensive, that can be dangerous, prescription drugs to be able to control a myriad of health issues that can be controlled a lot of times if we just adopted a healthy diet and exercise. Some of you think, well, you meddling now, Pastor. <laughs> you meddling. We're the sickest country on earth just about. We take more meds than any country on earth it's been said that 50 million Americans are a billion pounds overweight. <laughs> I thought, wow, that's a staggering number. There's lawsuits uh, about the width of stadium seats. There's lawsuits about the width of airplane seats. And do you know that parents are raising the first generation of junk food kids that are not expected to live as long as their parents will? The other day, Shannon and I went to uh, went and ate lunch, and then we went to Aldi's. And I found myself thinking about me and where I'm at and my own lifestyle, right? But I got to peering and looking, and I've done this over the past few months. I was looking at shopping carts in December. Then I was looking at shopping carts in, in January, and they were so much different. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It seemed like everybody was having a mindset for January that we should have a mindset at least all the time and trying. And I'm not saying throw out everything that you do. I'm not saying throw out the greatest cookie recipe that your grandmother gave you. I'm not saying do away with different things and the holiday foods. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about here is having a mindset that we have got to think about what we are putting in our bodies that is our fuel to make a difference for Jesus to honor and glorify him. And if you keep doing it for a long, long time and you don't pay attention to it, you get really, really sick. One out of three kids are considered overweight and obese. Now, I realize, and I know you do too, that there are glandular and there are medical issues and reasons why some people have issues when it comes to weight, when it comes to their health, when it comes to heart issues, all those kind of different things. I realize that. But I want to ask you this question, and you tell me if you agree with me. It's just us here, right? It's just us over here online. How many of you agree with me, and I'll be first to stick my hand up, that we eat a lot of times way too much and we eat a whole lot of the wrong things. Would you agree with that with me on that? And if you do, please raise your hand. Thank you. I love you. And I love, I love my Lord. And, and when I sit here and read this and I think about, I want to be the best I can be for his glory and his honor. How many of you want to be the best you can be for his glory and his honor? Raise your hand. Say, that's what I want to be. Well, that's why we're talking about it, because he gave us this vessel to give him honor and to be able to give him glory by what we're doing. Now, I don't know, I, and I, don't, I can talk about me as far as my health, and I don't mind doing that, but 
I got COVID the first part of uh, November. My wife and I did. Threw it, done with it, got the trophy. Okay. But it affected my blood pressure really bad. My doctor thinks so. It went out of sight. It went up to almost 170 over 110. It used to be very low. And I'd been on a low-dose blood pressure medicine within the last year. And what was crazy about it was is how my blood pressure went out of whack. And then I have thyroid issues to go with that. So over a period of six weeks, I gained 18 pounds. And I'm sure some of you looked at me and you thought, our pastor's feeding on much more than the Word of God. <laughs> yes, uh, it's true. Now, I, But you know what? I didn't help that. I drank three gallons of eggnog during December. And you know what? When I was at Aldi the other day, Back in December, they had a sale on eggnog. Get this, a half a gallon for $2.65. Had my name all over it. So when we went in Aldi the other day, the temptation hit me. And I went over toward the dairy section. Go over and look, and I looked over, and I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. They done got rid of the sale, and it's all gone. All I saw was the all-almond eggnog. And I'm telling you, if you've ever tried almond eggnog, it is absolutely nasty in the name of Jesus. I'm serious. So I didn't fall off the wagon again. I stayed on the wagon, you know, and didn't get that stuff. But anyway, I got to a period of time during that sickness and stuff, and stuff like it happens to us. I felt bad. I lost energy. But now, thank God, I'm on the road to recovery and feeling better. Why? Because I'm watching and really trying to discipline my body. When you think about a diet, people say, well, I want to go on a diet. A diet is what you eat, good or bad. It's what you eat, quality or quantity. And the question is, are you thinking systematically and for longevity, do you eat a balanced diet? I ain't talking about a seafood diet. Everything you see, you just eat it. You've got to establish new convictions before temptations arise. You know, you, a lot of times you just get into trouble when you haven't decided in advance about what you need to do and how you need to draw the line. You know, the other day, as I said, Shannon and I, we went and ate lunch before we went and grocery shopping. Great point. Simple thing to do. Or if you're not, you're going to buy everything on the shelf. Eating fruits and vegetables, something I had kind of leaned away from for a while and just trying to eat, lean toward eating stuff that's not processed and, and make myself disciplined when it comes to eating out decisions, you know. The other day, I ate a half a roll or normally I'd eat... 10 Logan Rolls, <laughs> you know. But anyway, something else that I, that I see too and something I've always done is it was just committing to exercise. You know, I mean, a lot of people, they just don't exercise. How many of you here are convinced that exercise is good, but you, you might just know that many people's not committed to it, are they? They're just not committed to it. And it's good for you. And when you think about where we are as a nation, how has that affected us and what we're doing? We know that exercise is good, but a lot of people aren't committed to it. When you look in the Bible and you look in the time that the Bible was written, it was written in a time that people were very active. People walked everywhere they went. What do we do now? We drive. In the New Testament times, the foods were very natural. Now, foods are all processed, right? When you look in the New Testament times, it was a tension-free society. We live today in a stressed-out society. Society on a regular basis. Are you with me? So it does make a difference. You know how you know when you're out of shape is when your knees buckle and your belt won't, people. We need to do something about it, you know? It's not good. You're in trouble when you see your neighbor running down the street and you're hoping they're going to fall and twist an ankle. I mean, that's not good when you have these thoughts going on. Maybe you're breathing harder, not when you're, you're breathing harder going up the steps than when you do holding your girlfriend's hand. I don't know, but a lot of people, what they end up doing as they say, I just don't have time. Just don't have time. They make excuses. And here's what I know for me, and I hope you'll own it too. 
If we don't make time for exercise, you're going to make time for sickness. You follow me? Do something more than what you normally do. It's very, very, very important. And the common mistakes that people do today, when especially they come into a time of January, they think, I'm going to get in shape if it kills me. <laughs> it may just do that. It may just do that. It's longer, not harder. It's being systematic. It's not just one session. It's being systematic with what you're doing. You know, there's a couple of opportunities. Hey, first and foremost, hey, if you will help us serve here at Freedom Church, if you're here and you call this church home and you're not serving, man, I want to challenge you about serving. You need to be serving. You can help the kids ministry over there. You'll get in weight. If you go over and jump with those kids and worship, oh my goodness, just put on the back of a card, I want to serve, we'll, we'll follow up with you. Another opportunity is, hey, we was at the gym this week over there. They got a new gym over here, and our staff has went over there. It's 1440, right across the street here. So the other day, I, I talked to him, and I said, hey. I said, what if, I said, I'm actually talking about the body this week. I said, what if our people wanted to come over here and sign up from the church? She said, well, our new uh, promotion ends Sunday. I said, really? But she said, I tell you what, if you tell the church about it and they come over here, we'll give them the same promotion we did the first of the year. Words excuse people right across the street over here, okay? All right? But I, so, you know, just, just look for the opportunity, okay? But it's so important. But I'll tell you something else that people don't do this day. They don't get good rest. I don't know about you, but sometimes I can get caught up in binge watching a show. How many of you know that? You do that, you know? And you end up not getting the ample rest that you need. You need at least seven to eight hours rest. Not only do you need to get it, you need to guard it with everything you got in you because it's going to make you feel better and it's going to make you be able to process better. It's going to make you have a better attitude and all that you do. Hey, my girls, you can ask all three of them. We got to where we took their cell phones away from them when they were in our home because they knew what they do. They stay up all night talking to the boyfriend and texting. That's just what they did. Now, please, if you do that to your kid, don't tell them Pastor T said that, okay? And they'll be mad at me. But anyway, look what James 4 says ultimately about life. James chapter 4, beginning at verse 13. Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow, we're going to a certain town, and we'll stay there a year. We'll do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. See, it kind of gets in our mind because I think what we are as people and because of our nature, we are pro-procrastinators. We're really pros at it, at what we do. I'll start exercising tomorrow. I'll start eating right tomorrow. I'll start dreaming those big dreams I use tomorrow. I'll start looking for that right job tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow will always come. Tomorrow's always going to come, right? I'll start that business tomorrow. I'm going to read more tomorrow. I'm going to lose weight tomorrow. I, you, you live for the moment. Then it disappears. You blink, and the next thing you know, you're sick or you've hit a midlife moment. Today, not tomorrow, is today to move forward in what God wants you to do in this moment. Verse 15 says, what you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. So it begs for a question here. Why should we take care of our body for God, 
Some people think, well, if God wants me to be a healthy pastor, then he's going to make me healthy. No, no, that's the wrong attitude. It's the wrong answer. He expects you and I to take care of the vessel that he's given us. And it's a great reason to be motivated for change. And the fact of it is, the physical reasons are this. And you'll understand what I'm saying. Whenever you begin to take care of your body, you are going to feel better. You're not going to feel as bad and draggy. You're going to have more energy, fewer pains, more alert, less depressed. Something else that's important is that you're going to look better as well. You can have a better complexion. You're going to feel more attractive. You're going to be able to have a stronger self-esteem. You're going to have a higher confidence level than you've ever had. I know I can pick on the guys. The guys got a furniture problem. Our chest is dropped into our drawers a lot of times, and that's just not good. Something else it is, and some spiritual, it is another physical reason is, is I'm going to live longer. I don't know if you know this, but Yes, there's, there's glandular issues and there's medical issues that people can help, but this is fact. There's a myriad of studies that shows that if people will try to take care of themselves and be in better shape, they live longer. But the spiritual reasons probably only Christians are really going to understand is that God made my body. God's character went into every creation of every person. God spent time on you. God wants you to be able to be the very best for his glory and his honor. We need to have an attitude of respect for the vessel that he's given us. And we should have so much respect for ourselves and our maker that he spent time on us. Whenever you feel worthless or you begin to hate yourself, God's spirit is ready and willing to work in your life because he's God. But not only another spiritual reason is the fact that Jesus paid for my body and yours. Jesus Christ come here. He went to a cross and died for me and he died for you. So that we not only could have life eternal, but we could have a great life now. Not only just dying for your soul, but he died for your body. And so here it is in a physical sense. Listen to me. Our body is basically a stewardship issue. Our bodies are on loan from God because he controls the heartbeat. Everybody here has got your heartbeat going in one of these days. It's done. And when it's done, will you be happy with how you lived out what he gave you? Jesus paid for it, died for it, God created it. But also the Holy Spirit lives in our bodies. If you're a Christian, the Bible says that the Spirit of God lives in you. So if God made my body and Jesus died for my body and the Holy Spirit lives in my body, then I'll really need to do my very best to make this a worthy temple. So I get in shape and I have better health and, and I look at that. But then ultimately, I've got to give God complete control of me. You need to give God complete control of you, every aspect of your life. Why is that? Because I love what Paul told the church at Ephesus is applicable to us in chapter 2 and verse 10. He says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the what? Say those two words out loud. Good things. He planned for us long ago. Can I challenge you in something, church? Don't trash the temple. Don't trash the temple. 
You're a masterpiece. I don't care what somebody said something to you about you are no good and that you may have been a mistake when you were born. You're not like your brother. You're not like your sister. My ex-wife had more to do with this relationship than you do. You're bad. All this kind of stuff that people throw in your mind. You're a masterpiece, and that's what the Word says. And here's what I want you to know about this. The temple is not an object of worship. The temple is a place of worship. Understanding this, that many people, they worship their bodies. They're all about trying to look good. But it's a place of worship, not an object of worship. I get so funny looking at the duck lip selfies on social media. Oh, my goodness. And those filters, take away the filter. You don't look that good. Let's be honest. Okay? But when you do it God's way, you're not worried about when anybody sees you or loves you or likes what you've got on a media platform. You begin to live for God and say, God, you made my vessel. I'm going to take care of it for your glory. I'm going to take care of it for your honor. This is not an object of worship. This is a place of worship. You think about doing your best in a lifestyle just to keep your life clean for God. You know, let me ask you a question. Let's say hypothetically when you were coming in, somebody come in the door over here and they had them a biscuit from one of the places and they were eating that biscuit and crumbs were coming all off and they took and they pulled they didn't like the 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 they told them to hold the bacon but they pulled the bacon off threw the bacon on the floor and they got done they got it all in then they just wadded it up and threw it in the floor then they got done with their coffee and they just got done with the coffee and they threw it. if they threw all that stuff in the floor and you were watching them out there how many of you that would make you upset raise your hand yeah but me too because they're trashing place of worship so what do you, when you do that to your body when you abuse your body when you gorge yourself with food or you gorge yourself with something that's not healthy for you on a systematic basis or you abuse alcohol or you abuse drugs or you abuse medicines prescription wise because you're not willing to be disciplined and change so what people end up doing, they live a life of guilt and worry and bitterness and anger and fear and still expect to be in great health. If any of that hit any of you, maybe it's time that you do something. I had to. And I hope if the shoe fits, you'll wear it also. So I asked you this question, when it comes to your life, are you enjoying you? Are you enjoying your family? Are you enjoying your relationships? Are you enjoying your work? Are, are you enjoying where God has placed you at on this earth? can never have optimum health until you begin to pay attention to the physical and the mental and the spiritual dimensions of your life. Your physical fitness will always affect all the areas of your life. And you know what? You want to be able to have a life to where that you understand that my body is a gift from God. It is on loan. 
Oh, we all agree that we vacated a crazy, crazy year last year. And we're all longing for peace of heart and mind. I want a clear conscience. I know you do. I want to be able to be knowing that I'm fulfilling the purpose for why God's allowing me to breathe. But God has some expectations of me as well. So it's urgent that we understand that time is drawing near. You look in the exterior world around us, it's going crazy. Can everybody say amen? Or do I say a woman? Which is it? God help us when we let people on a platform and don't even know how to rightly divide the word of Almighty God. We're living in perilous times, church. And God has given me a a body. God has given me a soul. And God has given me very well the very living being of who I am, body, mind, and soul, to be glorifying Him in everything that we do. Do you know the average lifespan as of current stats? A man's going to live in this nation 76 years. A woman's going to live 81 so guys, if you're single, find you a woman that's five years older than you so that you don't die about the same time like, and have a notebook experience. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I told my wife, I'm six years older than her, I said, you could be alone 11 years without me unless you, you know, upgrade to a new model when I'm gone or something, you know. But anyway, um, here's what I know. We're all going, we're in this life, we're all going to check out. Everybody here, we're going to stand before God. Yeah, we have to take your husband up there with you or your wife, your mom or your dad, or some other friend or confidant. It's going to be you and God. And I just truly believe in what I've studied and been a pastor for t- over two decades that he's going to ask us a couple of questions. What did you do with my son? And I hope and pray that you have the answer to that. I hope and pray that you can say, Jesus is my Lord. I gave my life to him. I bowed the knee to him. I confessed my sins to him. He saved my soul. I was born again, and I've been living with him. Great, great, great. Yes, yes, yes. The cheers of heaven erupting. But I think another question is, God could ask us is that, what did you do with the body that's actually his that he gave you to make a difference in the world? Did you just use it for yourself? Did you abuse it because of your addiction? Did you use it in another way that that was unlike God, that did not bring honor to God, that did not bring glory to God? See, when you think about what you're doing, everybody has a body. Everybody has finances and talents and gifts and ability and leadership. And you know what you're supposed to do with that? You're supposed to help people get into heaven by partnering with your church family. So I asked you, do you realize the potential that you have? Do you realize that in your life, you have a responsibility, and I do too, with the vessel that God has given us? Do you realize that you have influence? Influence that can be good, influence that can be bad. Are you seeking the kingdom of God first? Are you using what God has given you? Because if you don't lose it, you very well could lose it. I want to say thank you. To all of you all here that are partnering with Freedom Church, that you are giving and that you are serving the almighty kingdom of God through this local place in our corner of the field, would you give yourself a hand for those and those over there right now is teaching our children, doing everything they're doing. Thank you, thank you, thank you for partnering with the local church, which is still the hope of the world. If I do anything just for me, I'm not going to experience God's joy. 
I'm not going to be a person that's going to truly illuminate Christ. It's what you have, not what you don't. So how do I really get there, Pastor? Well, I love what Paul told the Romans in in the first verse of Romans 12. He said, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Could you imagine how different this crazy world could be if believers would simply stop complaining Stop typing out social media posts and clicking buttons and making excuses and move into action with sacrifice, holy before God, praying and fasting and using what God has given us to make a difference. Souls would be saved. The church would be overflowing. Difference would be made in people's lives everywhere. It begins with a vessel that God has given us, church. That's where we're living at. Stop worrying about what you don't have and say, just tell God, say, God, I give you all of me. You want more in your life and do something with what God has already given you. I asked you, have you been a good steward of what God has already given you? Maybe you just need to pause in this moment and thank God for for your life and step out and and ask God to move in and through your life and just say, God, it's time to go for it. It's time to take faith and discipline that moves God into action in my life. You start today. You begin to take care of yourself. And when you do, you can revive those hopes and dreams in your life. And people will see the hopes and dreams revived in your life. And they're going to want to know what is happening in your life. And they can see it can only be God at work in your life. It will not only change you, but it can have an eternal impact on somebody else through you. I challenge you, church. I challenge every one of you. Don't be less than what God created you to be. Throw out the excuses. Throw out the excuses. And when you do, The world around you will look at you and what God has done in your life. See what God wants to do in you and through you for the world around you. It's going to be so big that everyone's going to know it was absolutely impossible unless God was involved. And that's the opportunity available to all of us. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, we love you and we praise you and we honor you and we thank you for this amazing day. Thank you, God, for the vessels you've given us that's to bring honor and glory to you, God. We're to be stewards of this body. It is a body on loan, made in your likeness, in your image, for your glory, for your honor. God, we know it begins with a relationship to understand the power and discipline to be able to move forward through that with your son Jesus as we continue praying 
I will never take for granted that everyone in this house knows Jesus in their heart. I will never take for granted that you know Jesus as you watch online. It is the most important decision you'll ever make in your life because your decision determines destiny. And as we continue praying and the church is praying, inviting Jesus into your life is what you need to do first and foremost to have your best life now and forever. You just simply need to tell Jesus, Jesus, help me, Lord, to get to get, get it together in every area of my life, but first and foremost with you and my relationship. You know that Jesus is not in your heart and you know that he's knocking right now. Just pause right where you're at and say, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life. Just tell him, say, Lord, I want to ask you to be the Lord of my life. Just tell him, I want to confess to you all the things I've done wrong, the sins I've committed. Tell him, say, I believe in you. you to save me and forgive me my life is yours prayed that and you meant that from the depths of your soul heaven's cheering for you God is on your side and if you'll thank him he's going to give you the power of his presence of his Holy Spirit and you'll not be alone in a world that's not on our side some of you needed that heart transformation for eternity today, but some of you need to just thank God for where you're at, your body, and say, oh God, say, God, I'm going to start taking care of this gift of life you've given me to bring you glory. You might need to just tell God, say, God, I want to give you complete control of me. I want to give you, God, my body, my finances, my talents, my gifts, my abilities, my leadership for yours. It's yours, God, to be able to help people get in heaven through partnering with my church family. Just tell them, thank you, God, for this amazing gift of our body. Thanks for joining us at Freedom Church Online. We're so excited that no matter what your situation is in life, you've made receiving God's word today a priority. If you've given your life to Jesus today, that's awesome. And we want to know about it. As a church family, we want to be there for you as you begin this exciting journey. If you're on the Freedom Church app or on our website, just hit the hamburger icon in the top left of your screen and hit connection card. Now, if you're on Facebook or YouTube, Hit the link in the description. Just fill out the information on the form and let us know about this exciting decision that you have made. If you did receive Christ today for the first time, your next step would be baptism. If you notice on the form, there's a place to select that as well. You can also select any other next steps you may be interested in. Once you submit it, we'll be in contact with you to help you out and answer any questions that you may have. We also want to take this time to give back to God a portion of what he has so graciously given to us. If you're on our app or website, just hit the same hamburger icon from before and hit giving. If you're on Facebook or YouTube, just hit the link in the description. These all take you to a secure place to submit your offering. Also, just because we live in the age of technology doesn't mean you can't send in your tie the old fashioned way. If you seal it up in an envelope and send it to the address on your screen, that'll work just as well. We want everyone to be able to experience the blessings that come from being faithful and trusting God with what he has blessed us with. Thanks for joining us. We hope to see you all back with us next week.